Good morning, church. Let's turn to Psalm 46. Um, and while you're doing that, uh, what a joy it is to be here with you today, um, to be here once again sharing God's word with you. And uh, what a day. Um, one of the, my favorite sounds in all creation, as we were singing, it's uh, the voice of God's people singing praises to him. Um, it, since I was a little boy growing up in church, that, that became my favorite sound. And, and I hope it becomes yours as well. <clears throat> so we are at um, Psalm 46. Let's read together. Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake, with turmoil, we will not be afraid. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today <clears throat> praising your name, Father. Holy, holy are you. Three times holy we proclaim your name, Lord. We're thankful to be here. Lord, would you open our hearts and ears to receive your word this morning, and would you use, Lord, your servant, and may it be you speaking through me, Lord, um, that I would just be a mouthpiece today of your word. Lord, and it's in your name, your mighty name, that we pray today. Amen. So here we are uh, in the Psalms. Um, when we uh, decided to do this, spend this month in the Psalms, I was so excited because it is one of the richest books in the Bible. It has unmatched poetry. Um, it, it is, there's more to them that meets the eye. And so, so far, you've been reading with us together through the Psalms. Um, Brother uh, Pastor Mark taught on Psalm 9 and taught us that we should trust God in the midst of trouble. Um, we've, we've gone and seen the names of the Lord. Pastor Noel has taught us in Psalm 16 uh, and to learn how to be content in the boundaries that the Lord has given us. And, and last week even looked at Psalm 30 and how to meditate in the Psalms. And so we arrived to Psalm 46, and it is one of my favorite psalms, uh, right after Psalm 23. And I know some of you, that's, that's your favorite. But Psalm 46, uh, this is a song. This is a song for God's people. It's a song for the people of Israel, but also for us. Uh, it is a reminder to Israel uh, of what God has done for them and will continue to do for them. But it is also a reminder for us uh, of, of what God will do for us. Uh, for us, as new covenant believers... It reminds us of who God is and what Christ has anchored. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, but uh, the German priest, Luther, Martin Luther, some of you know that name. He was a priest for the uh, Catholic Church and led, in a way, the Reformation of the Church. Um, after posting his 95 thesis, he faced a lot of opposition from the church, um, received threats, was persecuted in a way. And... When the Black Plague came through Germany, even uh, almost claimed his life, and he found renewed strength and hope in the Psalms. I just believe that Psalm 46 was his favorite psalm. Um, Charles Spurgeon, theologian, calls it Luther's psalm, and when he would preach, he would often refer to it as Luther's psalm. Um, perhaps you know this, this hymn that... Uh, Luther wrote, it is a mighty fortress is our God. And I just want to read the first stanza to remind us of this wonderful hymn that we have through history. It says, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, a wall that never moves. Our helper, he amid the flood. 
of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. And so why, why was this Luther's favorite psalm? And let me invite you to dive in. Look at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found. A refuge is a place of shelter, a place of hope, a place of trust. We are to trust God and our, not our man-made uh, things, not our homes, not our, uh, though we, we can't trust in that. But God is much more than that. He says, I am who you are to put your whole trust and faith in me. Just like we heard uh, uh, with our testimony today. And, and by the way, I pray that uh, I resonate with my brother Hunter. That I hope this would be a catalyst for you to share your story as well. For you to share your testimony. Because each one of you has a powerful testimony to share to the world. Of Christ being our hope and our refuge. So we look at this idea of, of God being our refuge. Um, and if you would just look at Proverbs 18.10. Uh, the psalmist, uh, I'm sorry, the Proverbs, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It says the righteous run to it and they are protected. So here, God is our refuge. He is also our strength. He's our hope. When we are weak, he gives us strength. He is the source of it. We are to go to no one else but God. He is a helper who is always found in times of trouble. He is always there for us. Psalm 18, verses 2 to 3 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. Does that sound familiar? We just sang it. This is, this is our theme song right here. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, where I seek refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, your word for fortress. I called on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and was saved from my enemies. So here God offering us two kinds of immediate help, a place that we can run to, a place that we can find refuge, and a source of strength in which we can face the uncertainty of the future. And so we continue in verse 2. Therefore, and here every time you read a therefore in the Bible, pay attention. Something is about to happen. It says, therefore, we will not be afraid. And then the psalmist paints a picture for us. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple. I had to look up that word, topple. It means that something is falling slowly, uh, deteriorating. Um, so here, the, the, the earth is trembling and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas. The waters roar and form. So, so what, is this, what is this teaching us? Though there is great chaos, God is still the one that we run to for our hope. He is still our refuge and our strength. I, I pray, church, that, that you find that to be true in your life. It is the life of a Christian, finding hope and refuge in Christ. I still remember, uh, and many of you will, Hurricane Katrina and Rita, Rita that came in 2005, um, claimed many lives, and it was Hurricane Rita where uh, we found ourselves uh, with loss of shelter. We had, we had to go in, my family, we had to find shelter in, uh, in a church building that had better walls uh, and better, a much better roof. Um, but even af after the storm passed, we found ourselves uh, just with no power, with no electricity, with no water. And for some of you, that sounds like Snowmageddon that happened not that long ago. 
Um, but we found ourselves pleading to the Lord for such things. And in so- sorrow and in life struggles, we need to tell the Lord. So the first thing I want you to see that because God is our refuge, we can confidently approach him with our problems. And for us as New Covenant believers, knowing that Christ has conquered death, we know that we have new life in him. Christ suffered for our sin. He understands us. He is the anchor of our faith. And so why, why can we say that we can approach him uh, confidently with our problems? Well, look at Hebrews 4.16. Look what it says, uh, speaking of, of, uh, to, to us as Christians. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So church, plead to the Lord boldly with your problems, with your sorrows. When you don't understand life, come to the Lord, run to him and find refuge in him. And so we go into verse 4 through 7. And so if you, I don't know if your Bibles, if you have this, but um, the editors of mine sort of divided this psalm into three verses or three stanzas uh, for some of you musicians. And, and so here we go, uh, that we just read stanza one. And it looks uh, kind of a zooming out. It's, it's God and earth. And it's showing this, uh, who God is, a refuge, and the world. And now we're going to zoom in just a little bit. And so here we go, verse four. Read with me. There is a river. It streams the light, the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. Verse 5, God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. So here's the contrast. While the earth trembles and the mountains topple, God in this city, and here speaking of Jerusalem, it says the city city is not going to be toppled. It will remain protected by God. And this river is, is just a poetic way of saying this, this city has the blessing of the Lord. Um, and, and a contrast of the peace that was in Jerusalem and the great chaos that was outside of Jerusalem. And, and just the might of God protecting his people. But what does that mean for us? I mean, certainly it's great that uh, God's people were protected. But, but what does that mean for us? Well, here's verse 2 of Mighty Fortress. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be loosing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask me who that, who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he. The Lord of hosts' name, from age to age the same. He must win the battle. So why do I mention Christ? Well, we're reading in the Old Testament. And the psalmist here is writing uh, about Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the temple. And you know, God's people would worship in the temple. They would send a priest to go and, and, and give offering for them. And they found great protection in the fact that, they, that God was in the temple. But what does that mean for us as New Testament believers? You know, the, the temple was destroyed. And, you know, do we find hope in our sanctuary? Well, no. Jesus comes into the picture. And this is what Old Testament was always pointing to. It was Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes into the picture and... Where Adam fails, Christ prevails. Jesus is the better Adam. He is the better prophet. He is the better priest. He is the better sacrifice. He is the better everything. He comes in and he sets a way for a new temple. And I I, I got really excited when I saw this. And I hope you can see it too. 
Jesus talks about a time when, where people will worship from anywhere. No longer do they have to walk to that mountain and to get to the temple. If you have your Bibles, turn, turn to John 4. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 19. And I'll, I'll read it for you if you don't get there fast enough. It's okay. And uh, Jesus speaking with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. The woman says, sir, she replies, John 4, 19. I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place of worship is Jerusalem. So Jesus says to her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and it is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Isn't that amazing? Now look at, at John 7, just move a little bit further. Uh, John 7, verse 38, and, and it's on the screen as well. It says, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has, sa- as scripture has said, will have streaming... Uh, Streams of living water flow from deep within. The one who believes in him will have streams. Didn't we just speak about a river that flows to the city? 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you yourselves know, here's Paul telling the church of, of Corinth, Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple, and then the Spirit of God lives in you. Church, this is great news. When we place our faith in the work of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells in us. We become a temple, so to speak. The Holy Spirit guides us. We obtain eternal life, and our future is secure. That means God will always protect us, just like he protected this city. Isn't that good news? So the second point, for those of you that are keeping notes, we have the assurance that our eternal life is secure in him. Because God is our refuge and Christ is our anchor, we have this assurance that our eternal life is secure in him. I mean, that, that just floored me when I, when I saw that. The Lord is good. And so we come to uh, verse 8. And uh, a, a lot of the Psalms in, in, the, in book 2 of the Psalms are more evangelistic in nature. And so we see here the psalmist in verse 8. Look with me. Come, see the works of the Lord, who brings devastation on the earth. He makes the war cease throughout the earth. He shatters the bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. What might and power. And then the psalmist, in this poetic way, he just, now he's going to, show you what God says to make all these things cease. And he says, stop your fighting. This is what's well known as be still. If any of you have walked through Hobby Lobby, you'll see the, the frames that say, be still, no, now I'm God. I love those. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think in this verse, while it is a peaceful way of saying it, I don't think in this verse it's as peaceful as we sometimes make it out to seem. Uh, and maybe that's just me reading it. Maybe I, I'm the one who reads it, you know, be still and know that I am God. And yes, he is found in the stillness. But here is trying to show you that, that he's just saying, stop your fighting everything. I am God. Exalted among the nations. Exalted on the earth. 
And the repeating refrain, the Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Reminding God's people of who he is and what he has done for them. So this shows us um, God's sovereignty. And I just want to point this out to you. Um, There is someone else who is able to calm all things and bring peace. If you go to Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 23, um, so the, the disciples and Jesus get in this boat, and then all of a sudden the seas start roaring, right? And it says, uh, Matthew 8, uh, verse 23, as he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being you know, swamped by the waves. So here's the, here's the boat just moving left and right. But Jesus kept sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. He said to them, why are you afraid, you of little little faith? And he got up. He rebuked the winds and the sea. There was a great calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's God. Because God is our refuge, Christ comes into the picture, becomes the anchor of our faith. We can rest in his sovereignty. That is point three for those of you who are taking notes. We can rest in God's sovereignty. We, we can rest in knowing that there, in his sovereignty there is peace. And we can rest knowing that God ordains our every step. Um, Colossians 1.16 says that everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. This is Christ. Church, if you get nothing from, from this today, get this, Christ is our anchor. I was so uh, moved by the story uh, from a friend, Gwen, who was uh, sharing earlier. And, and, and every testimony that we've heard throughout this month uh, has been amazing. Um, in my 32 years of life and great wisdom that I've gained, uh, let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, some of you are looking at me like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> life is difficult. Would you agree? And, and so I, I often think of life, and this is just me sharing sharing my heart with you. I think of life as a sea. And you'll see that in, the, in Scripture, there's many, many uh, allegory and, and pictures of the sea, the storm. And, but really, truly, life is that way. Life is, I often think of myself in a small boat in the middle of the sea. And sometimes that sea is calm and beautiful. You know, the sun shines and you see the waters and their beauty. But sometimes, sometimes the storms come raging. And it seems like all hope is lost, isn't it? The the sea is more often unpredictable. It can go in any direction. It could turn you anywhere. So when those storms come, when that trouble arises, church, what will you do? How will you respond? Will you respond in fear? Or will you respond in faith? And like the psalmist said, we will not be afraid. 
I want to share with you uh, a song that I'm just going to read it to you. This song is a song that uh, I found. It is a modern hymn that was written in the last 10 years. And it, it has, in a way, my heart has resonated with it. And maybe it'll help you. I love giving tools that will help uh, other believers. And so uh, here's what I want to do. I want you to close your eyes right there where you are. I'm going to read this song, and I want you to picture yourself in a small boat in the middle of the ocean. And I want you to think of Christ as the anchor of our faith. Christ is the anchor in your life. And then once I'm done reading it, we'll pray and go into song. So here it is. Christ, the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails all have been torn. Oh, in the suffering and in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor and it shall never be removed. Christ, the sure and steady anchor, while this tempest rages on, when temptation claims the battle and it seems that all hope is lost. Deeper still goes the anchor, though I justly stand accused. I will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Christ, the sure and steady anchor, through the floods of unbelief, and I'm hopeless somehow, O my soul now, lift your eyes to Calvary. This my ballast of assurance. See, God's love forever proved. I will continue holding fast to that anchor. It shall never be removed. O oh, Christ, the sure and steady anchor, as we face the wave of death, when all these trials give way to glory, and as we draw our final breath, we will cross that great horizon, clouds behind and life secure, and oh, the calm will be the better for the storms that we endured. Christ, the shore of our salvation, ever faithful, ever true, we will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Let's pray. Lord, as we have heard from your word today, Lord, I pray that as your people, we would turn to you in our times of need, in our times of trouble. That we would turn to you always. For you are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our source of hope in this life and the next. Lord, no matter what happens to us today in this life, we know that our life is secure in you and in the work that Christ has done in our lives. Lord, I pray that as your people, we would anchor our faith in you and continue to look to you for our hope and need. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.